Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Here we go. We are underway with episode 97. How weed became the new Oxycontin. That is the title of an article that we're going to get into a little bit later on in this episode. And listen, Doc, I think this is going to be kind of a controversial episode. It, it for sure is. Right? Like yeah. there's going to be... Listen, I ran this in group at Residential, Day Treatment, and Night IOP. And the title caught so many people so strongly in, in the groups that I ran it in. And, you know, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Here's... here's I, I We're not getting into the article yet, but... Here's the the problem is I'm going to guess, and I wasn't at any of your groups, but I'm going to guess that every one of the people that you, not everyone, most of the people that didn't like the title are now defending marijuana, which is an interesting thing coming from people who are in treatment for drug and alcohol addiction, right? Yeah. And I would say it was probably 50, It's probably 50%. Some of the people just didn't like the title because there's like, there's no way you could compare marijuana to Oxycontin. But we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. it, it listen, yeah. either way, it's clickbait, right? Either way, oh, for sure. it, it grabs it, people's attention. That's why you pulled the article. Yeah, I, I'm the one that brought this article, and I probably clicked on it because I read that, and I'm like, come on. You can't compare that to Oxycontin. <laughs> but we'll get into some stuff. That's interesting. I'm excited. Did you know that episode 97, part one, is brought to us by Steps Recovery Centers? Steps Recovery Centers is ready to help you or a loved one get help as soon as you're ready to reach out. Reach out by giving them a call at 801-800-8142 or just go directly to their website and you can live chat with somebody. That's stepsrc.com. They have detox, inpatient, day treatment, night IOP, I mean GOP, alumni. From start to finish, they got you covered. Go ahead and reach out if your loved one needs help. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Episode 97, part one is also brought to us by... Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a is a nootropic line that helps mental health. We have two products. I actually brought you guys both products today, right? We got I Dr. Got Sellers, yeah. Rocking the Mindful Mood, yep. which helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. Yep. And then I brought uh, Sean, some Mind Shift, which helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Listen, nootropics are non-psychoactive. I actually had somebody reach out and say, how do you do a recovery podcast and you're promoting... <laughs> Nootropic, okay, nootropic doesn't mean psychoactive, right? Like, there's right. some mushrooms in the mind. Okay, I just took some of this stuff. I'm now reading some of Stephen Hawking's writings. I understand it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I took the other stuff, and I can't even remember who Stephen Hawking is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are killing me. Uh, so did you know, I'm going to start off with New and Goods, because it wraps into our wait, sponsorship wait, mission. Can I, just, can I just say one thing? Yeah. I got a little lion's mane going. Mm-hmm. I got myself a little rhodiola. I got some, oh man, that's small type for me. Some rosehip extract. I'm feeling good. It's good stuff. Yeah. And, I don't even uh, want to pronounce what's in the mind shift because it's. You got some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like peptide. I, could, I actually could probably pronounce it. I just can't read it. Acetyl it's too small. Yeah. We got. So my new and good is my sweet wife, Mandy, turns hey, wait. 30. Wait. What happened? Sean. Yeah. Can you hit a button for me? Oh, I caught him off guard. Sorry. New and good. Yeah. I, wow, I, we were all off. I, I just like it. I so, saw that Oxycontin I, and weed. I, I, I wasn't I didn't know that we were ready for new and goods yet, so but Jared led into it, so Jared, what's new and good? I, I forgot about that. Thanks, Doc. We need me. the official button. Yeah, I like the button. That's why I wanted him to push it. I like it. It's like uh, Jesus finally told my dad he's good enough. And good. All right, let's get to it. So my new and good that wraps into the sponsorship mention is my sweet wife Mandy turns 30 tomorrow. That is not possible. 30 years old, man. 29. 
She's yeah, 29. She's 29. Never gonna, yeah, it's going to be a long time before she turns 30, my friend. <laughs> so She's got about seven years of 29. Still. She's always 29, and you're Methuselah plus one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Well, we'll Methuselah was 900 and some, He's almost the old, a thousand old, years old. oldest man old. in the Bible. Okay. Yeah. All so, right. There we go. That's a, You always have to say that. Anyway, so it's her birthday, and she's yes. 20, <clears throat> 29. Yeah, no, she's turning 30. No, she's, she's not. She's finally in no, my age bracket. she's not. Don't. This is going to help you remember that if you go to you know, riseupsups.com, that's R-I-S-E-U-P-S-U-P-S dot C-O-M, at checkout, you can save yourself 30% off for the month of October by putting B-Day 30. So capital B, <laughs> capital Day 30, save yourself 30% off at checkout. Everybody that wants some supplements... Now knows your wife is 30. That's right. I don't know if you're, you might be sleeping on the couch tonight, my friend. <laughs> no, she's excited about it. She's well, ready. I think to... you should be offering people 29% off, frankly. Hey, does the dog sleep on the couch? <laughs> yes. It probably yes. explains the pink eye. You got the probably. pink eye going. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for bringing up, you know, my medical records are not safe on this podcast. There's Tommy. no HIPAA here. There's no HIPAA here. Sean's not your doctor. Oh, He's got man. no HIPAA violations. So what? Let's go to Sean. Sean, what's your Sean. new and good? I, you know, I, for the last minute, I've been thinking about that, and I thought I my new and good. My good is that. I Wait, were the, you able to hold a thought for a whole minute? Yeah. I, well, now, I, now that I'm taking rise up subs, I can hold my thoughts. <laughs> um, oh my god! I, I am I am happy and thankful that I have so many things that I can do. Even though those things bog me down, I have the opportunity to do them. So, therefore, that's my new and good. Oh, you're in gratitude today, my friend. Yeah. Well, listen. I'm trying not to lose my crap, actually. It's actually a good place to be. We're not grateful because this podcast gets shifted around left and right and up and down and forwards and backwards. Works for me. (laughs) I'm being being old and bad here. The nice thing about a podcast is people can listen to the podcast at any time that they want. Any day, any time, a year from now. Remember, he, remember the gratitude he just showed, and you going, bitch. I, wow, I know, I know. we're gonna have to he'll, edit that. Wrap on my parade. His, his bitch have to. Do, do we have to edit yeah, that word out? This goes okay. on the radio, doc. Oh, I'm that's sorry. That's two. I keep going. I'm gonna put markers there so I can edit them later. Anything Gl- else you want to say that I can edit out? I said glitch twice. <laughs> All right, doc. Let's get your new and good. What's uh, what's happening two, in the I world? Two, of I got two new and goods. The first is uh, actually the the. Time that we're doing the the podcast today is really good for me because I'm from here leaving to go to Las Vegas to watch a football game. BYU's playing Notre Dame and Viva Las Vegas. I'm gonna go down there and put all my money on black and probably come back broke. Do you got your wildest outfits prepared? Oh, I got some outfits. For those of you that know Doc Sellers, he wears some pretty wild outfits. Yeah, I'm confused. You're going to Vegas to watch a BYU Notre Dame game? Oh, uh, okay. Are they playing down there? Thanks for the, nope. I'm just going to go down there and watch. Yes, you know, they are. They're playing at Allegiant Stadium, and it's a very long story. It's a it's a Notre Dame. Well, it was supposed to be a BYU home game, but it turns out to be a Notre Dame home game in Las Vegas. Sean. Notre Dame. Okay, not, so let's listen. Let, you know these LDS guys. Any me, excuse to get to Vegas, they're going oh, to Vegas. Let me. I, we you didn't know? do it. We didn't do oh, this. Oh come on now. So here's what come happened, on, guys. We're gonna go to Vegas and get some caffeinated coke. Woo! <laughs> Live large. <laughs> here's what happened. We signed a home and home with Notre Dame. We fly to South Bend, Indiana, yeah. and we play there. It's now time to come to Provo. Somehow Notre Dame, which has doesn't the, want to come to Provo. I get it. Right, that's exactly what happened. No, that's exactly what happened. Right, but Notre Dame, who has all the power in college football, if you compare them to BYU, decided, nope, we're not coming to Provo. We are going to declare this part of our Shamrock series, which means we get to we get to pick the neutral site and we control eighty percent of the tickets for your home game. So Listen, BYU got 20% of the tickets, they got 80%, and it's in Vegas. That's but what it's happens. going to be a sold-out game, though, right? For sure. No. Half Notre, of Utah. Notre, Notre Dame is not sell. We only got 20% of the tickets. Oh. Notre Dame got 80%, and they did not sell out their 80%. Really? So wow. it's going to be close. 
And, that's what and I'm sure BYU people are buying. Well, they got that sec- second but... temple going up in Vegas, so they'll be able yeah. to sell tickets there or something for sure. That's what happens when right you have outside t- the temple. When, sure. when, when you have touchdown Jesus, you can do whatever you want, right? Like they have touchdown Jesus. I got, I got a picture of me right in front of touchdown Jesus. I have the same picture. Do you? Yeah, it's me cool and Manny picture. went there just yeah. like a few months ago. Really, Sean? Do you got touchdown Jesus in your life? No, no. Uh, well, no, no. no. I got a picture in front of it. We went to a BYU. I had to talk to the cops in DCFS about that. So <laughs> there's no touchdown, Jesus, my life. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Um, let's get. Did you have another new and good? That was your one. Oh yeah, no, I do. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, Sobriety Foundation. We have a good friend on the Sobriety yes. Foundation board. Uh, her name is Susan Peterson. She's been on the podcast and a friend of the podcast, and she always leaves nice comments and beautiful lady inside and out. Yep. They Don't have my wife. I said that they have the, no. She's beautiful. She's not more beautiful than your wife. <laughs> no, I'm just not more beautiful than my wife either. Facetious. But, but I but I talked to her husband last night, and she's more beautiful to him than anyone else. Sure. sure. Anyway, they have their uh, annual fundraiser tonight. Their speakeasy. Remember, you and I went last year. Yeah. Um, that was a blast. Yeah, it was fun. It's a fun event. They have a lot of cool things that they auction off. They have some entertainment. They have speakers. Todd Sylvester is the speaker this year. Um, he's one of the speakers. And then, um, Paul Cardall, who's a piano player is the musical artist for the thing. And that's tonight. If anyone is in the Salt Lake area, it's at the Grand America and it is at, I think it's at, excuse me, seven o'clock. Um, they still have tickets available. You can show up if you want. If not, check out their online auction. But the online auction is cool, yeah. Me and Mandy last year bid on just like some stool chairs, some like bar stool chairs for yeah, yeah, a little yeah. countertop. I got those too. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, we got them at a the gr- They're killer green, right? Deal. The green ones? No, we got metal black ones. Oh, I got metal green. Okay. Yeah. Killer. I think we paid like less than a hundred bucks for right. four right, chairs. for four of them, right. It was like nobody bid on them, so right. we walked away. It was a yeah. steal. Same thing. How do, where, where is thing. it? How do they find the online auction? We can post it in so the- So sobrietyfoundation.org. Is online and you you can get to the auction through that. Fantastic and hey, good luck to, um, oh man, I just blanked. Todd Sylvester. Todd Sylvester. Good luck tonight, buddy. And, Great and dude. I got to be honest with you. There's a problem with this. I'm on the Sobriety Foundation board. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be at the Speakeasy tonight. But yeah. I bought these BYU Notre Dame tickets like over a year ago. So. And Susan, I'm sorry. It's my wife's birthday weekend, so her family's coming down here yeah. last year. But next year, I will be there for sure. The next time, we uh, will be there. Me too. All right, let's jump into this thing. How Weed Became the New Oxycontin by... We got who's topic. the author? I don't, Leighton not, Woodhouse. Leighton Woodhouse. Thank yep. you for helping me out here. Yep. Now, we've talked about this is basically clickbait. I did... So, for those of you that don't know, I'm a substance abuse counselor. I work at Steps Recovery Centers, and I did a group on this at every single level. So, residential, day treatment, night IOP, and I got some pretty strong reactions um, just based on the title. How is it, Doc, that they are comparing the marijuana movement to Oxycontin? How are they drawing those parallels? Well, I, I, I mean, you're right. I think it's clickbait. It's not Oxycontin. Like, but um, I think part of, the, part of the reason they made the comparison is some of the things that we're seeing out of people smoking weed or using marijuana in any form in this day and age. And so... Um, I think, too, like, when you look at the comparison of big tobacco, that was, like, what, in the right. 70s and 80s? Right. To big pharma. Right. Right, which was the Oxycontin thing. Oxycontin marketed it as safe, non-addictive, the best thing since sliced bread, Right. Right. To now you look at what they're doing with marijuana, and they're basically right. claiming it to be a cure-all medication. Sure. Maybe that's how they're drawing the parallels. Well, that's part of the parallel. I think that you made a good point, because the article points out uh, a couple of things. And one is the the people that are manufacturing and selling marijuana have learned a lot from big tobacco. They've Marketing learned wise. how to market. Mm-hmm. They've learned how to... Um, make their product more addictive, frankly. Um, and we all know that uh, we all know that big tobacco did that for a long time. Now, so did Oxycontin, right? Oxycontin came to market and I, I was practicing medicine when Oxycontin first was first brought out. And the drug reps would come to my office and tell me how it was not addictive. 
mm-hmm. how it was the best thing since sliced bread. And now people don't have to take a pill every four hours. They can only take, they can take one in the morning and one before they go to bed, have their pain controlled all day long. And uh, so the marketing stuff has been deceptive. There's a whole series on Hulu about that. Yeah, there is. It's what, a cool series. Over, what is it? It's called, um, what was that called? I, I watched it. It was fun, but it was. It's Overdose? Oh man, I can't remember what it was. Dang it! Yeah, but it was a good series on Hulu for yeah. sure. Yeah, and it goes into all About the Purdue marketing. Pharma. You know how they got the approval through the FDA to market it as non-addictive. So, so here's kind of my thing, and and actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because it talks about in this article by Woodhouse how some of those old people that were in those circles are now dumping tons of money into right marijuana production right, and right. medical marijuana and these dispensaries and the grow farms and all the right. different things. Right. So big obviously putting money into not only did they learn from now. them, they're getting financially right. backed right. from a lot of those people, right. which I found was crazy interesting. Right. Sure. Like those people know how to make money. Right. They're not going to be putting thousands and maybe even millions of dollars into something that they're going to lose money on. Right. For sure. Interesting. For sure. Very interesting. So I want to go with, um, in the article, one of the things it points out, I'm going to do this part, if that's right. Can now. we start or off with just wanna... kind of the scare tactic at yeah, first? Yeah, sure. Well, I say scare tactic. It could be totally true, right? Because these are professionals. It's not scare tactics. The these are stories. Okay, so, um, oh, man, what, where was her name? It's, uh, Stoit. Her last Stoit. name is Stoit. Libby Stoit is a, just retired, actually, but was an addiction psychiatrist in Pueblo, Colorado. For 30 years. Yep. She said, I started seeing people with the worst psychosis symptoms that I'd ever seen. She told me. And the worst delusions I had ever seen. That sounds like meth. Meth. That should be meth. She's talking about the only thing they tested positive for was THC. Right. Right. Interesting. So, All right. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Jump into the. Yeah. So, the, uh, and the reason, the reason, first of all, she's on it is, or she's in the article is. Uh, one of the first states to legalize marijuana was Colorado. Sure. And she lives in Pueblo, Colorado, right? So people in Colorado were starting to see all kinds of stuff. And And it um, gives stories about that. Yeah. So they talk about this. They talk about um, a guy jumping up on the ER table. Watch the young guy jump up on the the table in the ER and strip naked and claiming he was the god of thunder and threatening to kill everyone in the room, including a couple of policemen. That's some psychosis. That is some psychosis. That's some psychosis. Talked about a guy who climbed a crane all the way to the top of the crane. 700 feet right. high. Then threatened to jump off. Fortunately, they talked him down, and he didn't die. But um, Later, he said he thought he was in a computer simulation such as the Matrix. Right. Crazy. Right. Right. That that definitely sounds like, and listen, we're not laughing at it. Like, that's scary. That's, no, it's, it definitely but, sounds like some psychosis. But it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous what's going on. So anyway, um, wh- where I wanted to start out with is, first of all, pe- there's a, a lot of people that we talk to in, in treatment will come up with these excuses. It's all natural. It's a natural, it's, it's just a plant. It's a plant. It's it comes from the earth. Mm-hmm. God invented it. Mm-hmm. All of this sort of stuff, right? Well, one of the things the article points out is the following. First of all, I grew up in the 60s. I was born in 1959. I grew up in the 60s. I wasn't a teenager yet in the 60s. I was a little bit younger than being a teenager. But in the 60s, weed was associated with hippies. Yeah. Hippies would smoke weed. Yeah. Well, the weed that hippies were smoking in the 1960s was apparently about 2% THC. Two to five. Yep. Yeah. And um, they got it up to five. Well, it got to five by the 90s, they're saying. Mm. So by the 90s, it was closer to 5%. Okay, so like the hippie movement was like you said. You were right. 2%. 2 less 2%. than Hippies were typically smoking less than, it was two, less than 2% THC. By the 90s, it was closer to 5%. And then by 2015, it was over 20% THC. So um, uh, it quoted a public speaker who lost a kid who killed himself after cannabis use drove him into psychosis. Mm. And her quote is, it's a freak plant that resembles nothing of what has existed in nature. Today's. So the the excuse we hear all the time, oh, it's all natural. The plant itself that we're using right now 
isn't anywhere close to the in anywhere close to the plant that was found in nature. Sure, because they found ways to crossbreed them. They found ways right. to they're to, doing all kinds enhance. of genetic modifications yep. and genetic breeding stuff. And so we're talking about we've gone from two percent just just the plant itself has gone from two percent in the sixties, two percent THC to twenty percent. It's ten times stronger the just the plant itself since the 60s. The other thing that I think is interesting too is if you take a look at any mind-altering substance, it all comes from nature at some point. Oh. Cocaine comes from the coca plant. Right. Uh, the only one that doesn't. Methamphetamine. Yeah, meth comes from ammonia and fertilizer. And yeah, that's probably not organic. Chorus right? and yeah. But I mean, the majority of them, when you look at it, opiates come from opiate. Opium. Opioid. Yeah, opium, opium, which opium comes from poppies. Right. right. That's I mean, organic. That's, that's a plant. Right. Right. So it's interesting. Cocaine. Yeah. People in South America walk around chewing cocaine leaves all the time. Yeah. It's a plant. Yep. So it's interesting that that's the defense because it's like, sure, they all do. Most of them will say 99% of them at some point have some type of organic. Right. Right. My rebuttal when I hear that, first of all, is even if it was all natural, once you light it on fire and suck it into your lungs, you've kind of taken a bunch of the nature out of it. I mean, I don't know if God ever invented any plants that we're supposed to light on fire and suck into our lungs. Good point. Also, I'm going to pause for a sec and say, listen, if you're if you are pro marijuana, we're going to get into like I personally sit on neutral. I'm not on one side of the fence or the other. I just want to put that out there. Right. I, I'm on one I side think, of the fence. I think there needs to be more research done because I do think you look at things like Charlotte's Web, right? That that 13 year old girl that was having like 300 seizures a day. And then now listen, this is a lot of it is because of the hemp and the CBD, not the THC, right. but there are some stories out there redeeming qualities yes there are some yeah it, it you has can't some use say, you can't completely deny that it that there's no medical use which right now because it's a schedule one drug that's what the the but federal government is saying but but let, what i'm getting at we're going to get to why we feel like it's becoming a problem okay but let's talk about that because you're you're pointing out that it might have some medical uses right well first of all it's particularly so 13 states have ratified uh, uh, marijuana for use right recreational many and, of them recreationally yeah okay so f that's not medic that's not medicine right we're talking about recreational use now but but some have ratified it for medication use for use as a medicine including Utah right yeah well how do we how did Utah how did we decide that marijuana was a medicine in Utah about we voted about four years ago. We had a proposition that the citizenry voted on, and once everyone once the the vote passed, then all of a sudden it's a medication. Yeah. How do you get your medication? Through a doctor and then through a pharmacy. Right. Okay. So, I mean, that's how I get my medication. Okay. There's no other medicine on the planet that that we voted on to make it a medicine. I, like, I never voted on any Like a blood medicines. pressure med? Did you ever vote on those to make sure they were... <laughs> I don't know. Like Sean. diabetes. Insulin's a medicine now. Everybody want to vote? Did you vote on the time you had pink eye like I have pink eye? Did you vote on that to get that medication passed? You mean like I went to the ballot and... Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. So he's got a good point. But, no, but to be a true democracy, we have to do that because we have to have the people decide what's important, not education, educated doctors. So if, right. if the people believe it's okay, then... Right. It's okay. Right. Right? That's a good point. That's why we have a... Which is not... Oh, right. wait a second. That's why we're a republic, not no. a democracy. I'm That's sorry. Now we're getting into politics. There you go. <laughs> I was just going to say, that doesn't... There you go. Yeah. Well, the point is, so it's... it's We're calling it a medicine, but it's been treat, being treated like no other medicine on the entire planet has ever been treated before. My other point to that is this. When we went through the, you know... Um, oh... The big pandemic that just happened. Free COVID. Thank COVID. you. My brain is not oh, working. You must today. have COVID brain. Well, we you should try Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up shift. Supplements yeah. will help you feel better and forget those things that you may have forgotten. Optimize my brain R function. Rise Up Supplements. So when, when <laughs> Rise Up Subs. Underscore well, hashtag. Well. So when we were going through that, 
crisis. Sean, should we vote to see if it's a medicine? Rise up, subs. Okay. Um, I don't know. I got it for free, so yeah, Jared, sure. Jared, Jared hates it when we freestyle like this, so let Jared get it's back okay. to it. He's got the last 50 seconds. Go. You can have it. They came out with medications for COVID. They were coming out with medications, and everybody was saying these have not been FDA approved yet. Right. Well, guess what? Medical marijuana, quote unquote, is still and has never been FDA approved. Right. But millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people were dying from COVID, and we were all super worried about getting this FDA approval. Yeah. And yet, for how many years now, it's just, it's mind boggling because it's like you said, it's, it's, it makes no sense within the traditional logical forms of how we go about creating a medication. We're for that out. and more. We're out of time in the first segment. That Man. was fun. And we, we got a lot to talk about. Into this. Okay, well, join us after the break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back in about 30 seconds. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery, and once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times, and it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back, everybody. Part two, episode 97, We Do Recover with Jared Miller. We're talking about marijuana as the new OxyContin, which uh, we've been talking about for a minute. But before we get back to that, According part to two. This article. Part two, by the way, is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. Have you ever been to the Hilton Garden Inn? Love it. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful there. place. My yep. whole, my, all my in-laws are coming to town for my wife's 30th birthday. Oh, fun. Which you can save 30% off. Okay, just kidding. Now I'm diving into this. They're all coming to town to celebrate her birthday, and guess where they're staying? Uh, Steps Recovery Center? The Hilton Garden Inn, baby. Okay, Hilton Garden Yeah, we're going to enjoy that pool, that hot tub. Oh, yeah, beautiful. It's the best place to stay in Southern Utah, if you ask me. Yeah, it's gorgeous. If you're coming through Southern Utah, you need a place to stay. Give them a quick little Google search, Hilton Garden Inn. They will treat you well. Their amenities are fantastic. Their staff is super friendly, and the place is clean and lovely, and hot tub's great. Yeah, buddy. So is the pool. So, all right, um, let's move on. So we we started to mention in in part one in the first segment that um, that the plant that we consume that we now still call marijuana is ten times as potent as the plant that they were consuming or uh, using in the sixties. And that's just that's the, the plant. plant, right? I mean, they have. This thing is a science. It's a genetically freakish plant. And that's not even getting into what we're going to about to get into, how they get upwards of 99% THC. So here we go. So um, the, the article points out that, first of all, many of the cannabis products that people purchase in dispensaries contain no actual plant matter. Okay. It's all natural. There's no plant matter in that stuff, some it's of that no stuff at all. no longer natural. Right? And so what happens is they're pulverizing marijuana. They put it into a tube, and they run a bunch of chemicals through it, butane, propane, ethanol, carbon dioxide, and that separates the THC from the rest of the plant. And then um, the end product of that is a wax, and that wax can be 70 to 80% THC. Doesn't Whoa. stop there. We've just gone from the sixties at two percent to seventy to eighty percent, and it doesn't stop there. The wax is um, the wax can be put into a vacuum oven and further concentrated into oils that can be somewhere between ninety five and ninety nine percent THC. This stuff is known as dabs, and that is what people are putting into vape pens. You're now you're now talking about. 99% THC, 50 times more potent than the plant that hippies were smoking in the 60s. 
And the only thing I can think of is the poor people that don't know, right? Like if you don't know levels and if you don't know amounts, if, if I'm standing around and we're all vaping, okay, let's all pretend that we're teenagers, early 20s, and we're all standing around vaping, and I have a dab pen, dab, dab, am I saying that right? Yeah, dab. I have a dab pen, and you all- D-A-P or D-A-B? B dab. with a B. Dab. Dab, okay. I have a dab pen, and you're like, oh, hey, let me try some of that, right? Because you're used to smoking the 20% THC, right. and now in my dab pen, I have 99% THC, and you you smoke it like you're used to smoking that 20%, you're going to think you're going to die. In fact, one of the feedback that I got from somebody who was not pro-marijuana in- my one of my three focus groups, we'll call them focus groups, was that he actually had that experience. He didn't know the amounts. He took, uh, you know, prior tense. He he took a drag off of somebody else's dab, mm-hmm. and he said, "I literally thought I was going to die." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that uh, I I like that because that leads to where I want to go next for just a second, and that is first of all, article points out if you're if you're over thirty and you used to smoke weed when you were a teenager. Strongest you ever smoked was probably 20%. Well, teenagers now are using a, a product that's called dabs that's three, four, or five times more potent than that and often doing it multiple times a day. At that level of potent, potency, the impact it has on the brain is a completely different category than what we what we used to get. It's the, the impacts on the brain aren't right. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? The article says, if you've ever smoked a bowl and become irrationally anxious that everyone is staring at you and knows you're high, what you experienced was a mild symptom of cannabis-induced psychosis. And if you keep... About 40% says uh, there's a study that showed that about 40% of people react that way. If you keep smoking after a reaction like that, your chances of becoming permanently psychotic or other mental health things such as bipolar, schizophrenia, yeah, sure. But psychosis is the big one, right? Sure. Um, there was there was a number of studies out of uh, there were two Danish studies and a massive study from Finland that put your chances at close to 50% of becoming permanently mentally disabled. Some sort of, of schizophrenia disorder. or bipolar yeah. or whatever. Well, right? and we and we know too, a big part of the education that I did uh, going after, you know, my education to become a substance abuse counselor looked at regardless of whether you're pro or you're anti marijuana, THC, fill in the blank, whatever you know it as, there's absolute evidence that if you have some kind of pre-genetic disposition to schizophrenia, bipolar, any type of mental health, it will bring the onset on so much faster. Right. So instead of developing schizophrenia later in life, let's say 40s, 50s, 60s, you're more likely to develop it at an earlier age because, you know, you have that genetic cursor and then introduce environment, THC, it's going to make the onset that much faster. There's yeah. a lot of studies out there that show that. Yeah. So even if you look at this and you go, you know, this is all just a scare tactic, there is a there is ample amount of studies that have showed it's going to develop or bring on the onset quicker. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they quoted a, uh, an expert on psychotic disorders, Dr. Christine Miller, and she said one out of every 20 daily users can expect to develop schizophrenia if they don't quit. We're not talking about daily dab users. We're talking about daily marijuana users. Yep. One out of twenty, you got a five percent chance of developing schizophrenia if you don't if you smoke daily or use marijuana daily for any any serious length of time. And you know, if you're listening to this, and kind of like in my focus group or, or one of the groups that I did this week, one of the feedback that a genius had was, "Well, then just don't buy it from a store or a dispensary." You know, get it from John Doe down the street. Here's a scary thing about that, that the debate went to. They're putting fentanyl and meth, oh, all kinds sure. of things inside marijuana. And they're lacing it to be to create it to become sure. more addictive. So that's not really the answer either. Well, buying it in a store, at least you know you're getting pretty much just straight THC. Right. Right? You're not getting any adulterants. Nobody cut some baby powder in there. Nobody stuck some bath salts in there nobody stuck some fentanyl in there right 
So, yeah, uh, when you say genius, it reminded me of something, and that's not in this article. But there was but that's a, the way people think. There was a super large study out of New Zealand that showed that heavy daily users, if they use most days for five years, drops your IQ by about eight points, which is a, which is a significant drop. Well, and did you know that heavy users can be considered somebody that smokes two times a week? That puts them in the dependent cannabis use disorder right. that that will make it put you in the severe cate- category of cannabis use disorder right. if you smoke twice per week right. so you're talking about daily users right. yeah i mean that's yep it's a scary thought yeah unbelievable all right what do you think about doc though when it says but quitting thc products can uh hold on but quitting thc products of that potency is almost impossible so it said comparing this addictive power to tobacco the day of marijuana addiction being merely Psychological. Psychological are over. I think that... Um, I mean, you do detoxes, right? Yeah, you, I, th- you I think... detox people. I think that second point is much more valuable than that first point. The first point where she says uh, that quitting THC products of that potency is almost impossible. That's not true. That's just not true. It's, it's harder. It's harder than it was when it was 2% THC. There's no question. But almost impossible, that's not true. Do you think... But, the point that is true is there now is, because of the potency of the THC, there now is an actual physical withdrawal symptom, withdrawal symptoms from quitting marijuana. That was going to be my next question, right? Because one of the things in, in the groups that we talked about that a lot of the clients balked at or had something to say about was it talks about a physical dependency. With that high of a THC level and daily use, there's some type of physical dependency. And everybody's like, you can't get physically addicted to marijuana. It's a mental thing. That's not what you're seeing. You, right. You've actually seen people that have been physically right. addicted. And it talks about it in here. Some of the withdrawal symptoms include irritability, anger, anxiety, massive cravings, can't sleep, can't eat. I mean, those, a lot of those sound psychological to me, but you're saying there is a physical dependency? There is a physical dependency and... Um, some of the proof of that. So about uh, six or seven years ago, I was reading a study where so there is a marijuana blocker. It's experimental. It's not approved as a medication or anything yet. But you can give that marijuana blocker to people and they go into a fairly significant physical withdrawal. The reason people aren't feeling physical withdrawals as much is that THC, when you smoke it or when you use it at all chronically, is stored in fat cells, and so when you stop using it, it slowly leaches out of fat cells, which gives you a, which gives you sort of your own physiological weaning process, mm. which is what we do with other drugs in detox. It you kind of slowly wean yourself, even though you quit abruptly, because it's stored in fat cells and it comes out slowly. And that's why people can test positive for marijuana up weeks, to weeks and months week, sometimes. Yeah, weeks and months. Depending on use. the how much they were using, how uh, frankly how many fat I mean, you know, how how overweight they are and then um, for how lo- for how long they used it. The longer you use it, the longer it's going to take to get out of your system. All right, let's jump into we got about <clears throat> 13 minutes left here. There was a teenager it talks about in in the article who uh, suffered from depression and anxiety, he would use THC products because society tells us now that it's a medication for that to get rid of the depression and anxiety. This, um, unfortunately, this, this teenager ended up taking his own life. Um, and his dad talks about uh, just the, the craziness of having it not being monitored. And I think that's my biggest problem, right? Number one, I think there needs to be more research. Number two, I think that the regulations need to be a lot tighter. Uh, this doctor's recommendation... Okay, where are we at? Yeah. Since marijuana is still considered a Schedule One controlled substance by the federal government, there's no such thing as a prescription, quote-unquote, for, for medical cannabis. Instead, you get a recommendation from a physician. You want to go ahead and take over? Well, I'm going to... Yeah, I'll take over, but I'm not going to ask go right to that next paragraph. I'm going to tell what happens. Okay. So the doctor gives you a recommendation in Utah. You have to go to somebody who's actually certified to give you this recommendation. They give you a recommendation for marijuana, which is sort of a prescription, except you don't take that to the pharmacy. You take it to a dispensary and then the dispensary essentially decides how much you get, right? Not a doctor. 
how they decide how potent it is, how much you can buy, like, and they recommend, oh, it's for sleep. Let's do this product or let's do this product or let's do right. this formulation. Just, yeah. And that's all done by sometimes high school graduates, sometimes not high school graduates. Now, I'm not trying to demean anybody that works at a dispensary. They don't have very much medical training usually. They're for sure not pharmacists. They just know the different strands. Right. They know Stevia, they know marijuana Indica, well. Right. Like, if you want a good recommendation, they know the plant well. I'll give you that. But they don't know medicine very well. Yeah. Right? And your pharmacist knows a whole lot of medicine. Right. So it's a, it's a completely different... Uh, it's a completely different process. It goes on to say the doctor's recommendation typically has no expiration, no dose, no duration, and no change across state lines. It's basically take as much as you want, as often as you want, until you feel what you want. Which is crazy. Yep. No, other, no other medication out there works that way. Works that way. Right. Yeah. For sure. The other thing that I liked that he pointed out was once you get the recommendation, you don't, it's not like you go back to be monitored for your levels, right? Like there's no controlled amount. Like it just said, take as much as you want, right. as often as you want. And so you don't have to follow Like if you give me a prescription for something. Sure. A high blood pressure medication. High, thank you. Typically I have to schedule a follow-up interview to get refills at a certain point, depending right. on I how. I want to see you to see if it worked. Right. With There's none of that. Right. That doesn't exist in this "quote unquote" medical. Yeah, I'll give my card. patients. So, uh, I see a fair amount of mental health. I'll give my patients an antidepressant. I want to see them in a few weeks to see if they're having side effects, if the medication is working, if they're still taking it. You know, we want to do that. There's just really none of that uh, with marijuana, for sure. It goes on to say. <clears throat> These products are all sold as "quote unquote" medicine, even though none of them is FDA approved. Um, and although it's illegal for anyone without a medical degree to offer medical advice, dispensary bud tenders "quote unquote" do it all the time. Bud tenders, yeah, that's your pharmacist, a bud tender. Their advice is completely is completely evidence free. Because no evidence exists that the specific product they're selling has any medical value. Ooh, Again, there needs to be right. more research. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting right there. I think the, uh, I think there's another couple of quotes here from doctors. First of all, Doctor Lev, who is a an addiction psychiatrist, it's insulting to the medical profession. They've hijacked the word medical. This is not medicine, Doctor Stoit said. This is high potency TH or this high potency THC has not been studied as medicine, but because it's allowed to be heavily marketed and advertised as medicine, people believe it's safe. Because we're treating it like a medicine, people think, well, it's totally safe. Also, people are under the the delusion of uh, of this is uh, this is a medicine. It's completely natural. It comes from the earth. They're under that sort of delusion, which is clearly not true now when you take a medicine for a chronic problem you take it every day so sometimes you take it all day long and if the medicine happens to have an addictive component in it guess what you're addicted to it if you're taking it all day every day you're going to get addicted to it sure that's how i got addicted to opiates right you yeah. get you get addicted to it and based on what we just talked about earlier you have a one in 20 chance of developing schizophrenia. Yeah. Uh, the FDA might not approve a drug like that. Probably. If not. I brought a drug to market for depression and, but it had a one in 20 chance of converting depressed patients into schizophrenics, I might not get approval for that medication. That one in 20 chance being a reference to earlier in this article. Right. Yeah. Yeah, where a physician said, if you smoke daily and don't quit, you're going to have a 1 in 20 chance of becoming schizophrenic. Basically, As, we got less than 10 minutes here. Yeah. I'd like to just open it up for discussion, right? So okay. if you want to read the article, it was on uh, Tablet Magazine. Again, the title is How Weed Became the New Oxycontin. Uh, check it out. Yeah. So, if you just Google how weed became the new Oxycontin, you'll get to it. It's an interesting article. It really is. Here's what, here's, for me, the, the skeptic side comes in and says this. Here's what it's all about. The almighty dollar. For sure. Right? I mean, that, that basically is one of the top 
<laughs> products that that are illegally brought into this country that are money makers is marijuana. Oh, for sure. I mean, somebody had to sit back and go, okay, if they're willing to go through all these things for this much money, if we just opened it up for recreational use and medical use. And again, I find it pretty interesting that the people who did big tobacco, big pharma are now investors. And it talks about that in the second half of this article that we're not going to get to are now throwing money into the marijuana industry, growing uh, dispensaries. So yeah, to me that that's pretty evidence in my mind that I feel like now that I've read the whole article, the title makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think your point that you're trying to bring forth is this. Um, one of the things that we hope our government does for us, one of the one of the things that government, one of government's jobs, I think, is to protect its citizens, right? Well, they see that uh, some of its citizens are smoking marijuana and they're getting it illegally. And so rather than protect the citizens, the government scratches their head and says, hey, people are smoking marijuana, but we're not getting any tax revenue off of this. Is it this? Is it so? If we make it legal, we can get tax revenue off of this. Do you think it's the government though? Or, well, I guess even if it's just state, it would still be part of the government, government because right. the federal government still has a very strong stance against it. For sure. It. In fact, a lot of people that. For sure. But have they're looking the other way. Right. Yeah. It's a Schedule One controlled substance, which means it's illegal. And it becomes. But everybody looks the other way. And it's in Schedule One. Schedule One, we know, means. Has no medical. The no federal medical government value. is ruling it as no medical. No medical value at all. Value. Highly addictive. No medical value, and um, and so what do we do with that? We take a vote on it and decide it's a medicine. Kind of kind of weird how that all came about. To be fair, there there are some properties like if you if you research Charlotte's Web, like I referred to earlier, but again, I want to decipher. So you have a, a marijuana plant. Right. Right. There's two different forms or strands. And listen, if you're wanting to listen to a good podcast besides ours, because we know uh, there's some other good ones out there. Huberman Lab, he just came out with, you know, he's a neuroscientist, does research, very educated dude. He did an episode called The Effects of Cannabis on the Brain and Body. And he and this is where I learned this from. So I got to cite him. He talks about how there's sativa, which is like going to give you energy. And that 40% we talked about earlier in this article comes from using that strand. Right. It, it can cause paranoia, right? It can cause some psychosis. And then there's indica. And indica is more of like your bedtime, fall asleep. Within both of those two strands, there's a balance of THC and CBD. Right. Now, most of, most of the studies that they found when they have done studies on this is the medical properties lie in the CBD not necessarily the THC. So sure. the non-psychoactive component sure. to the, the plant is where a lot of the benefits come from. Sure. That's C- why they do CBD relieves pain. Right. THC doesn't really relieve pain very well. So to be completely fair, and when I say earlier, I'm on the fence and I feel like there just needs to be more research. It's not because I'm, you know, pro hippie, let's all go out to a dispensary, buy some dab pens and get, get toasty. It's, it's more of, there is some type of interesting component to this in the CBD that I feel like needs to be pursued a little bit further because listen, if somebody's having seizures, epilepsy, you know, and they're able to take this hemp oil, which from what I understand, has very low THC, maybe even none, and high CBD properties, and they're able to no longer have seizures, in my mind, there needs to be a little bit more research done. What do you think? Sure. Sure. I agree. That Many of our medicines come from plants. Most of our medicines come from plants. Now, in this day and age, there's more and more synthetic stuff coming out, but originally all medications came from plants strychnine's from a plant and and you know everything that we ever got was from a plant and even a lot of the illegal substances we touched on earlier in this podcast come from a plant absolutely these things all came from plants and this thing originally was a plant now we've made it not a plant by turning it into wax and oil and but it's originally from a plant plants have some medicinal qualities and there are medicinal qualities to 
the marijuana plant. Here's the other line I want to draw. In the industry that we work in, I feel like I don't see a whole lot of people having epileptic episodes. Right. Right? Like right. The, the population that we work with, look, it's a mind-altering substance. If you have glaucoma, if you've got anxiety, there are other ways for somebody with an addictive brain to treat those, those symptoms other than using. So in other words, check your intention. If your intention is to right. just get high, I mean. But you, the people that are defending this the most in a group, for example, that you run at a treatment center, let's say, the people that really are the pro marijuana people in that setting are really talking about the addictive qualities of the plant. Sure. They're talking about the fact that that plant releases dopamine from your midbrain, which we've talked about on this podcast a hundred times. They, um, THC does that. They're not talking about preventing seizures. They're not defending it so vigorously because it might prevent seizures. They're talking about it so vehemently and vigorously because it releases dopamine from their midbrains. And that's why they're fighting tooth and nail to keep it. And I got to give a plug. I love our clients. Not all of them were pro, right? There was a lot of them in there that were like, look, if it's mind altering, I don't want to have anything to do with oh, it. Oh, for sure. Like the, it, I've gotten to this for point sure. and I like being in recovery. I for like having sure. a clear mind. I don't want to mess that up with anything. And I think also whether it's a gateway drug or not, anytime a relapse happens, what is it? The statistic 60 to 80% of relapses, you don't relapse on your drug of choice. Yeah, right. Sure. Your brain convinces you, oh, I'm a heroin addict. I can drink alcohol right. or I'm a heroin addict. I can smoke pot. Yep. Hey, however, you're going to eventually work your way back into that. Guess what? We're out of time. We're out of time. Weed, the new Oxycontin. Thanks for listening. And thanks for our sponsors. And uh, this has been episode 94. Of we do recover with Jared Miller. And we'll 97. See. Can you believe Ni we've done I said 97? 94. I meant 97. Yeah. I hope you have a good weekend. I will. And uh, we'll see you next week or two weeks from now. I'll be down two weeks from now. Next week, we're going to try to get one in. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll figure it see out. See you next week for episode 98. Thanks, Doc. Don't smoke pop. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.